I work so hard to find peace after betrayal. Why can't I keep it? What's up, you guys? Welcome to the Therapy Brothers Podcast. I'm Brandon. I'm Tyler. We're brothers. We're therapists. We're not afraid of your questions. So bring it. All right. Um, this is right down our wheelhouse, Tyler. Yeah, this is uh, something we probably talk about multiple times a week. So this will be a fun yeah. one today. Yeah, I hope, I hope that as we talk about it, um, we can help one, our guest kind of work through her stuff, but also um, the other listeners give you some maybe tools and, and tricks and, and, and just thoughts about, you know, why, why are you continuing to get triggered? What's lacking in terms of trust in your life and in your relationship and how to actually address those things. So um, I'm excited to dive into this. So as we, uh, as we do, um, as we dive into this, I just want to introduce Anna. So Anna, welcome to the show. I'm glad to have you. Um, could you introduce yourself just a little bit, maybe just get a, give a little bit of a backstory and then, and then and ask some questions. Sure. Um, I'm Anna. I married my middle school sweetheart. We have been married for, it'll be 27 years and two weeks and we have 10 children. Whoa. And <laughs> Did you say 10? Yes. <laughs> and, tw- and 27 years of marriage. And you're still mm-hmm. alive. Yeah. We haven't killed each other yet. Because <laughs> four, four is about done it for me. But 10, wow. Good for you, Anna. Thanks. Um, my question for you two today is um, based around acceptance of my husband's, um, I'll call it sex addiction, and being betrayed. And I work myself into acceptance and I think I've made it, but then something sends me back and I can't keep my peace. So how do I, how do I deal with that? Okay. Go ahead. Great, great, great question, Anna. I just, I'm just wondering if, again, you share only the information you feel comfortable sharing, but uh, in the process that you've been in so far, what have been some of the steps that you've taken that have allowed you to move to places where you've experienced the peace that you've had, even though you haven't been able to keep it? Like what's that process look like? And what are some of the things that have helped in that process? Um, as a Christian, a lot of um, prayer, um, Bible reading. Um, I've been part of support groups. I have taken um, classes from the courses that Brandon offers. Um, those are the types of things I've tried journaling. Journaling was hard for me. I'll be honest for a long time. I could not journal about what had happened. And it was because if I wrote it down to me, it made it true. Hmm. And I didn't hmm. want it to be true. Hmm. So I finally, in the last probably month and a half have been able to journal my experience. I really struggled with that part of um, courses where they want you to write out your timeline, write out your you know, your experience and yep. what had happened. I just, I didn't want to deal with it. I didn't, I didn't want it to be true. So I would even write when they would ask me, you know, to write it out. I would say, I can't because I don't want it to be true. Do you, do you know why um, that's part of the, the kind of the courses and content? Do you, do you know why, like, why would we have you do that? To torture us. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um. The reason I ask that is because it, it kind of gets at the gist of, of your question a little bit, which is 
Um, listen to what you're saying. You're saying, I don't want to put it on paper because I don't want to face it. Right. Um, it's painful and it's, right. it's scary and it's hard. And so um, a, a natural defense mechanism to pain is avoidance. Um, that's what we do as humans. Um, but there's a big problem with that. The problem is, is when we avoid things, uh, pain and emotions and things, they, they come out whether we like it or not. And so um, such an important part of healing, especially from betrayal and just any grief, is to step into and process that pain. And that will actually minimize your triggers in the future because you've done that hard work and you faced that pain. Um, but for good reason, you like you didn't want to do that, Anna. I totally get it, right? Um, but does that make sense? Yeah. Um, when I would try to process what had happened, it takes me back to two events in my life. And the first one is childhood sexual abuse. And through that, I can remember thinking um, men can't be trusted. Uh -huh. And then the next thing was I had a sister when I was um, in high school who was in an abusive relationship and I watched that unfold. And then I remember thinking, no man's ever going to humiliate me like that. Hmm. So now here I sit. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then you've experienced betrayal in your own marriage, right? Right. And so but, then, yeah. Right. So I struggle with that because I don't know, I don't know if my acceptance is a problem accepting that my husband is human and he disappointed me or if my acceptance issue is I set up all these safeguards in my life to protect myself and I failed. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, like what's this, what's the story that goes along with that? For you what's the inside story that goes along with that for you anna um i'll just tell you the whole loop i'll be doing good washing dishes normal day thing and think i am doing so good i got this and then the little voice says you know what your husband did don't you mm -hmm. and then i run through of like oh my gosh well i was washing dishes he was doing that mm -hmm. and then it's like you know he humiliated you you know, you know, you were stupid to trust him because I let, I trusted him more than any other man ever. And it's like, now I'm getting bit in the butt for it. And then it turns into, um, you know, he just uses women. He's just going to use you. And then it turns into, yeah, I can't stay with him. I'm out. I have to go. Mm -hmm. He's not safe. Yep. It's, a, it's a, what you're talking about for good reason, you're having those thoughts, Anna. Okay. Um, I mean, you talk about your trauma. You have some significant trauma. Uh, and so the betrayal trauma has exacerbated that and triggered it. And your mind is, is trying to do something very important. So before we say, that's bad, don't be triggered, you should just feel peace, let's back up a little bit and appreciate what you're doing. What? What, what are you doing? I feel like I'm going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but, but why the triggers? What's the, what's the, what are the triggers about? Um, my, my, is it my safety, my own safety, um, listening yeah. to my own intuition, 
you're trying, I don't know if I'd call that intuition. It's okay. more kind of ego up here in, in your, in your limbic system, your, your fight, flight, or freeze, your protective mode, but you're simply just trying to protect yourself. And okay. we naturally do that for survival. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, the, but, but the, the problem with it is, is what you're saying is I feel crazy. I don't feel mm-hmm. peace. Um, you know, and so because that's kind of the outcome that's happening, you're realizing this, these protective modes that I'm going into, they're not, they're not working for me. So is there another okay. way, right? Is there another right. way to create safety to feel safe and to not be spinning all the time, making sure that you're safe? Um, because then you're just caught in the anxiety of it all. Right. I, I, I want to, before we even go find those other ways, I want to just echo a little bit of what Brandon's saying and even add to it is that Anna, I think one of the, one of the answers to this, to, to how to respond to it is actually in stopping and pausing and giving credence to what Brandon's saying, that there's good reason why your brain and your body are doing what they're doing. And it's not just that your husband betrayed you. It's that you have these other things in your life that have Almost, I mean, as you were outlining it, I hope the audience could hear, like, did you hear the messaging that was already starting to formulate itself as automatic? Like, I'm never going to be humiliated this way. Look at what men do. Now, all of a sudden, my husband's the one that's doing this, which is even like harder. But um, it made me think of a, there's a book called Healing the Wounded Heart, which is a book written by Dan Allender for victims of childhood sexual abuse. And one of the concepts in the book, I think really kind of shining through in your story is he says that we, when we have experienced traumatic events in our lives, we work really, really hard to try to avoid those traumatic events. And yet we, we have what he calls reenactments happen through our lives where we actually reenact the trauma that we experienced over and over and over again. And we can't seem to get out of the loop. And part of the reenactment is the way that we view our lives, ourselves, others, relationships. And then we have that confirmation bias in us that goes, yep, proof. Here it is again. Here it is again. Here it is again. And so in your story, it makes total sense that you had these things happen as a child that then grew into similar things happening in maybe your closest relationship. The, the starting point here is, is truly compassion for yourself when those things come up. Say, hey, there's, there, there really is a reason why I just had that chain of thoughts. Um, and it's okay for me to validate that I have a story uh, that actually matters um, that's contributing to this pain and suffering that I'm experiencing right now. Mm-hmm. And story that matters is part of the answer because that story needs to be seen it needs to be probably shared with the right types of people and uh and it needs to be given some reverence and some validation so it's it's interesting um this is one of the most excruciating parts of betrayal trauma recovery anna which is um when when your partner who's trying to get in recovery from their addiction 
um, they kind of go through this slow roll. They, they, they get better and then they, they don't and they go back into the denial and they go back into the acting out and then, then they get better and they, they're trying harder and they, it, 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 uh, yet you're supposed to like learn how to trust your gut and create safety within yourself as much as possible, but you're in a relationship like that. Then you throw on top of that, the past history of trauma, right? The, the, and so your brain is, is ripe and ready to be like, Oh, I see it. I see it. I see it. I see it. Right. In the meantime, he's like, you know, he's, he's, he's becoming more shame resilient. He's becoming more honest, but not in a snap of the fingers. Is he a totally integrous partner? Um, who's, who's completely honest with himself. And so it's, it's, it can be very excruciating, right? Um, and it sounds like you've kind of been in that a little bit and it's like, you want to trust him. It seems like he's getting better, but you really don't want to trust him because you're, you'll be stupid and you'll get hurt again. Right. Right. And there's moments when he really isn't safe still. Yeah. And that's the point is, when your brain says, uh-oh, you better watch out, you're not just acting in your trauma, Anna. I hope you realize that. Okay. Um, you might be, it might be an important message that your brain is giving you. But the skill, and it's a, it's a DBT skill, is uh, it's a reality check. It's, it's for you to understand, okay, what really is reality here? Is this a trauma response to what's going on? Or is this an actual response to what's going on? If you're having a trauma response to what's going on, then you'll actually do opposite action. And and I'll explain this. And Tyler's really good at this. He can explain it too. You'll actually do opposite action to what your trigger is telling you to do. If, If you're having a response to reality, if you reality check and it's like, man, I'm spinning in fear because I'm in danger. And I can look at what is the facts here, and I'm in danger. You need to listen to that trigger and you need to act accordingly and, and follow through with what that protective trigger is telling you, right? Um, and so can, can we break this down even further a little bit? Do you understand what I'm talking about, Anna? Yeah, I would say most of the time lately, it's been a trauma. I, I'm reacting out of fear to trauma, not to anything he's done, but I convinced myself (laughs) (laughs) that I'm justified in it. That's the trauma. (laughs) That's the trauma response. Yeah. Yeah. You're three, you're three levels removed from reality, right? You've gone from this assumption to that assumption to knowing that he's acting out right now while you're doing the dishes. When in reality, all you know is, is that he's not next to you doing the dishes. Right. right. Um, I kind of want to know, Anna, like with you, you were very quick to answer that. Like, how do you, how do you know in yourself that, that the last few weeks has been a trauma response versus actual trauma? Um, because he's been really good about being accountable for, um, his whereabouts, what he does. He's, we've got like, um, a GPS sharing app. So I know, He's where he says he is. He lets me know his schedule. Um, he has an accountable software on his phone. So I know, you know, if he's looking at anything, I can figure that out. Um, so I 
I believe now he is trustworthy a little bit. <laughs> what what you just described what you just described to me is is not the the elements or ingredients that build trust the last 3 weeks i've seen um humility okay i'm starting now, to now, see now we're hitting on some stuff here i'm starting to see where he cuz before it was well it was just this it was just one night in a hotel and i'm like what the heck um but now he's starting to finally own it and say things Honesty. like, I blew up my family. Mm. I totally destroyed my wife. And he's starting to finally, um, I think, work on his own shame and come to grips with, um, yeah, I did this. Now you're talking. Yeah, yeah. That's, so, that's, I, that's, that's where I hear you say that. And I go, okay, yeah, you're probably right. Like, yeah. you, are, you are operating from your old trauma response instead of something current. Because when you have humility and accountability and openness and there's and mm -hmm. the effort and the effort that's going on the effort alone could be without those other elements wouldn't necessarily feel right but even in where you were talking you can almost feel the energy shift when you're i'm noticing these things it's like mm -hmm. oh, okay yeah that, that makes sense to me so you're right then it, it most likely is your your old trauma response is kicking up in the last few weeks right yeah the the hard part is uh one of the most important parts of trust building is, is time and consistency. And so mm -hmm. for three weeks, this is great. Like what you're describing, accountability, honesty, like awesome. And it's totally normal for you to be having a trauma response at this point in the game um, with just betrayal trauma, let alone you have these other traumas that are, that are kind of pushing it. And so, okay. And, and the process of healing for a couple and safety is, is twofold. It's actually really cool when it happens is he starts to recognize what real masculinity and real integrity is and starts to practice that even though it's hard in, in his courage and vulnerability. He starts to do that and then she starts to actually let the fear down a little bit and be vulnerable and, and when he is, when she is vulnerable, he starts to meet those bids for connection and attachment that he's never met before. And when that starts to happen consistently over time, then safety starts to really get developed in the relationship. So on your end, Anna, I love your questions because your work is really being aware of what is, being mindful okay. of whether you're safe or not, but then recognizing if real recovery is starting to happen over there, how do I start doing my own work to surrender over some of these triggers? And instead of getting more fearful and controlling with him, actually get more vulnerable with him and more open and more willing to connect on a deeper level with him. And, and so that it's a process that we're talking about. We're not talking about do these steps and voila, it's a process, okay. right? And so you're in the process. And actually, what you and him are doing is actually kind of working. I can kind of see this kind of struggle that you're going through together. Um, something's, something's working toward more and more safety in the relationship. Am I right on that? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think I'm just very afraid to let my guard down with him. Can you give me an example? Um, give me an example. 
gosh, you should have warned me about this. Um, <laughs> like I, I push him away a lot. I don't want to be near him. He wants to ask me how my day is. And my response is fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't want to snuggle him. I don't want to touch him. I don't want to sleep in the same bed with him. I, I feel best. I'm here. You stay over there. And I don't want to let you know anything about my world right now. And when I let my guard down and I let him in, I feel I'm, I'm happy. I'm like, okay, this is good. This feels good. We're connecting. And then I get scared because I'm like, you know, the last time I felt this way, he was doing these things. Blew up in your face. Right. So, and I get scared and then I run the loop of, uh, you know, what he was doing. And then I end up with, nope, I'm done with you. You've humiliated me. I can't trust you. I'm out. So that's why I feel like a crazy person. I feel like right now, the one destroying our relationship is me. Mm-hmm. He's doing he's doing what he's supposed to be doing, finally. And I feel like I'm the one screwing it all up. Okay. Um, could I... Could I back up a little bit to what Brandon was talking about earlier and with this idea of maybe a decision tree you can kind of use when these things come up. Okay. Um, And it's going to lead back into some of this dialectical behavioral stuff, the DT stuff. But when you have that, when you, it's really, what's really good is that you are already aware of your own cycle in this where you go, Oh, there's that first thought, the least of this thought, the least of this thought, the least of this thing and leads to me shutting down. Like, you're already aware of the whole cycle. So that, that gives you some power in this. But when that kicks up with curiosity, the first question is, does my emotional reaction fit the facts of the situation right now? So okay. that's where I'm going to get curious. And I'm going to say, okay, is this basically, that's the question Brandon asked, is this old or is this current? And then you're going to break down the facts. And if there's several red flags going on. It's like, Hey, he's been late from work the last four nights. And all of a sudden it feels like there's less humility and well, yeah, then yeah, you're probably going to set boundaries accordingly because the facts would say that you need to protect yourself. Um, if the reaction doesn't fit the facts, then there's a couple of things that you're likely to possibly do. Okay. So now it's like, Oh, my emotional response right now is a lot bigger than it probably needs to be because the facts actually feel really good. There's empathy and there's, you know, humility and, and there's work and effort. And I'm actually feeling pretty safe. Otherwise then I'm going to act opposite to emotion. And that's what Brandon was talking about where every emotion we have comes paired with an automatic reaction. So if I have fear, what am I going to do? I'm going to shut down, close off, run away. If I have, mm-hmm. you know, anger, what am I going to do? I'm likely to attack, right? And, I have shame. I disconnect. Shame. I pull away, isolate, disappear into my whole, you know, every emotion has its own response. So when, when I say my reaction, my emotional reaction does not fit the facts. I'm at fear at a 10 when the facts would say I could probably be at a three. I'm going to act opposite to the reaction that I would normally do. So instead of running, I'm actually going to turn around and take a look at that fear. I'm going to turn around and lean into some, some form of connection. It's like a big vicious dog chasing you. That's not actually there. And so if you turn around and you look at it, it's like, Oh, but, but who wants to turn around and look at that barking dog, right? Who wants to stop and not run from that barking dog? So it, it's, it's, it can be really, really hard 
Now I'll hand it back to Tyler. No, no, that's, that's great. So, so then I can act opposite to emotion, which is then allowing myself to, to almost teach myself that I'm capable of managing my own emotions. Um, and, and that capability then allows you to build in confidence. And sometimes to get through that fear part of it, you might even have a couple of other decisions to say, wait a second, I'm going to take a break from what I'm doing and I'm going to get my prefrontal cortex online a little bit further. And I'm going to do that through some of the things you already described. I'm going to do make a phone call. I'm going to do some self-care. I'm going to do some grounding techniques. I'm going to maybe do some journaling, the thing you don't want to do. Um, <laughs> you know, um, I'm going to do those things in order to get my prefrontal to line up with my emotional mind, my prefrontal cortex, my brain, which is the thinking brain. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to try to get those things to line up with each other again before I go and make a decision. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. It's easier said than done, I think, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I think like with a lot of my clients, I think a lot of the times the way that that sort of like flow chart would work in my, in that I just outlined in my brain is usually it, it happens to be a grounding thing and maybe a phone call first. And then I go back and say, okay, does my reaction fit the facts? What's going on? Because sometimes we get so just knocked off kilter by our response that quickly, that trauma brain is so strong, so powerful, and sometimes so automatic that sometimes we have to ground ourselves first and then walk ourselves through that process. And, uh, and then, and then, and then it, let's say, let's say that in this case, what you're saying is true and there's actual real work going on and you are actually pretty safe, at least for the time being, even though it hasn't been like enough time to really trust it, but it's happening. Um, the surrender piece then comes in to say, okay, I'm going to give this over now. I'm going to, and, and I actually, I, I sometimes train my clients to practice this in a couple of ways. One is the radical acceptance skill that we've, we have talked about. We can talk about again. The second thing that I do with my clients is I actually have them sometimes create a physical thing, like a, like a cereal box or something. And I call it God's inbox. And basically you write down the thing that you're obsessing about and you practice physically giving it away. And, uh, and then 30 seconds later, you write it down again and physically give it away again. And, uh, and sometimes that practice of just saying, okay, this isn't mine now. I, I, I know where I stand. I know what the facts are saying. I'm going to give the rest away. I'm going to practice surrendering these things back to God because I can't control them anyway. Okay. So I want to take all of what Tyler said and like really dumb it down to real life, like here a little bit. So you're doing the dishes and your thoughts get going and I love this example, by the way, because it's, it's how, it, how it goes. It, they can yeah. come from nowhere, right? And maybe he's, you know, in his office and you're just, you just get thinking like, what is he doing? Like he could be doing all kinds of things, you know, I'll bet he's doing this or I'll bet he's doing that or I'll bet, you know, and you can't see him. And so as you're sitting there doing the dishes, you can start fact checking a little bit and the the facts the the fact checking can seem it can kind of get almost difficult because you you could you could start thinking like well maybe he's not looking at, at porn or not but the facts are this the facts are you have your hands in water right now and you're doing dishes so the the fact is is he's not next to me and I can't see him um, the fa- so so the fact checking is very grounded in mindfulness it's very 
it's very, this just is right here. Like this is what's happening. I don't know what he's doing or what he's not doing. I know that I can't see him right now. So, so that's the fact checking. Now, as you fact check, all of the stuff that Tyler just talked about comes into play where it's like, okay, another, another fact, fact right now is that I got triggered is that I feel myself getting protective. Um, and maybe I need to stop doing the dishes for just a minute and I'm going to do some of my self care. So I'm grab my box. I'm going to grab my playlist. I'm going to listen to a song or two that's going to soothe me, calm me down. Right. And I realize my, my, what I want to do right now is not based in reality. Okay. So now here's the opposite action. Now Tyler is talking about surrender. That in and of itself is opposite action because it's, your mind is saying, do something, fix this. Mm-hmm. And Tyler's saying, try to get your place, self to a place of let go. So you can do that opposite action without your husband involved at all. But let's say that you have been kind of triggered into this, okay, I want to control him. I want to disconnect. I don't want to take any chances with him. When he walks in the room, the normal reaction or response when you're caught in that trigger is, is what Anna? I ignore him. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what if, what if you went up to him and, and maybe with a tear in your eye or, and just said, I've been thinking about how much, like how important you are to me and how, how scared I am um, to not be connected to you. And can I just have a hug? Oh, if I said that, he would absolutely do it. <laughs> oh, of course he would, right? <laughs> but but yes. think about how hard that might be for you in that moment. Yeah, I don't want to do that. I want to just kill him. <laughs> yeah. So let's say let's say he gave you a hug and you said, I was just so triggered thinking you were acting out and this and that. And he just said, man, that sounds really hard. Talk to me about it. So I would say just now he would be able to do that. But before, if I would have done it, it would Defensiveness. Would've he would have gone into a shame and I am afraid I'm scared to death of his own shame because it's his shame. The disconnect that hurts me. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. And so why take that risk? Mm -hmm. But that's a real question, Anna. Why take that risk? Because yeah, I want to see why take that risk with him. Because that's how we are going to rebuild intimacy and trust. You don't have to take that risk. You, you could live in a, in a relationship that, that lacks a lot of intimacy, and, but, but you, you have your armor on. So mm-hmm. um, what, what puts, uh, like with betrayal trauma, what puts people at odds is we both need connection and we need safety. We need both. And so we, we, we like want that connection from our partner, but we can't have the safety. So how do we get the connection? So if I armor up, I won't get the connection, but if I armor down, then I'll just get hurt. So what do I do? Um, and the, a real relationship is you actually are safe for me. And because you're safe, that facilitates real deep connection. And I hate to tell you this, Anna, and you know this, but the way that you build trust again with him is by trusting is by, is by taking some of those risks. And, um, and so it's doing all of your work and understanding your trauma and your triggers. And so that you can step into these opposite action things. And when he doesn't, doesn't, uh, like 
show up for you in those moments, um, then you need, you need other tools then to, to say, okay, like, ouch, I was hurt again. What, you know, when I was vulnerable, that hurt. And I, I hate to say this, but that will happen because he's not going to be perfect and he's going to get defensive and, and he's going to be in denial and minimize some things. He's, that's going to happen. Hopefully it's not going to happen as consistently and that he can catch it sooner now. Um, but when that does happen for you to call your support system, talk to a therapist, journal, um, (laughs) (laughs) those things come into play. Right. And you back up and you're like, okay, like that's where he's at right now, but let's engage in this process. So I think something that happens sometimes with this leaning process you're talking about, Brand, is, is that, you know, like, Anna, I don't know, you can tell me if I'm wrong on this, but when you do the leaning in and then you're not met with what you'd hope, whether you're not met with understanding and a hug, you're met with more of his shame or more of his defensiveness, a lot of times for a betrayed partner, there's a story that goes along with that, that somehow they're causing that to happen and that somehow they're also becoming more and more responsible for the, for the disconnect in the relationship. And, and even like, I just had an example, like just this week where a couple working with had a big, massive fight. And after four days of fighting, he ended up going and having a slip. And then the, the, literally the hour after he slipped, his wife called him and said, Hey, I've been really out of sorts. Uh, have, I've kind of mistreated you. I'm really sorry. Can I come to your office and let's polish this up and let's figure this out. And then he has to say, actually, I got to tell you something. I, I just had a slip and then boom, it blew back up. Right. Well, in this situation, the wife, it took her four days to get to that point, but she did amazing work to come back and say, did you see, did you see her leaning back? And she's saying, here I am. This is where I want to, like, I'm responsible and I want to help things go right. And she happened, the timing was just up because what happened to her? Blew Boom, her it blows up again. Mm-hmm. Like, look, I'm open again and he's betraying me again and it's all over again. The trauma just lights her back up. And she has a tendency then to go and say, well, I'm never doing that again. Like, I'm not going to open myself up that way. When in reality, the work that she did there was phenomenal work, regardless of what, whether or not he had gone and done X, Y, or Z. Like, and she, and she ultimately, if she wants to get better, is going to have to continue to work herself back into that place. And of course, wait for those factors to feel right, the humility and the accountability and other things. But, but then ultimately to be the person she wants to be, she's going to have to lean herself back into that stuff. And uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's really, that's really hard when the, when the old pattern says, well, I'm probably not going to get what I'm looking for, mm-hmm. but it's necessary. You know. Anna, I, I love that story, Tyler. It's a great example. And it's like this, it's kind of this like sucky thing that's awesome at the same time because it's like so you're telling me the process goes like that that that's that's hard and excruciating but the awesome part is this is that the healing and a lot a lot of that healing has it's within your power it's and so when it blows up and he says yeah i just relapsed like what you did you just got stronger um, in this example that Tyler's talking about, like she just got stronger. Or if you went and you 
you know, told him how triggered you were and, and he didn't hold space or whatever, you just got stronger, Anna, by, by, by practicing some vulnerability and recognizing that that's what you were doing. Um, and, and you might have to retreat with some boundaries afterwards, but for you to say, you know what, like, I'm glad I did that. Even though it blew up in my face, I'm glad I did that. I'm working my recovery here. Um, and so it's, this is hard stuff. Um, I wish it was a snap of the fingers, like have radical acceptance, forgive each other, and just like have <laughs> flowing intimacy. That's just awesome, but it's not how it works. So, Anna, I'm kind of wondering, just uh, as as we're talking, like, what are you experiencing right now? Just the emotion you're having, the thoughts that you're having, as we're as we're saying all of this stuff. Um, I think. I can see part of the area where my mind is wrong. For example, if something doesn't go textbook right, then it's, we fail. Yeah. Kind of like catastrophic thinking, like, well, that was pointless. Why did I even bother trying? We're, we failed. But what you guys are showing is that it may not be perfect, but we took a step in the right direction. And that in itself is a victory. And then just keep taking the next right step and the next right step. Even if the outcome isn't what you wanted, if you just take the next right step, you're still, you're still gaining on it. Awesome. How, it's, like I, you, it's like you just watched Frozen 2 with that song, <laughs> The Next Right Thing. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler always brings it back to some cheesy Disney <laughs> um, <laughs> But Anna, how much have you done your own work on your own trauma um, in terms of like trauma work and stuff in therapy? Um, I've done some support group work. Um, I've just recently found a counselor that I feel like um, is very helpful. It's been hard to find, um, I think, a counselor that gets it. Uh So um, I've just started working with her and that's been helpful. And I feel like just in this last, I feel like I've been doing a lot of stuff and getting nowhere. But I feel like just in this past month, I've been able to really take an honest look about um, where I'm at, the problems I'm bringing in here, the, the problems I'm causing right now and trying to like, while my husband's trying to own his own stuff, I'm trying to own my own stuff. Right. And this, this is a big thing. A big thing is I can't get off this loop to, um, connect with him for very long. I, it's like, I dig in, I connect and then it's like, bam, I'm out of here. I'm done. So suggestion for you is, um, like I would really suggest, I think talk therapy in and of itself can actually drive home some of the trauma and some of the, the loops that, that you're in. So if you just go to a therapist and they're like, yeah, tell me about your childhood and let's talk it through and that let's, but certain modalities uh, really work to process trauma. And if, if that therapist is trained in, in those modality, modalities, and a lot do actually, and you might not understand all of these, but things like internal family systems, EMDR, um, accelerated resolution therapy, um, inner child work, like if, if, but the therapist needs to be trained and know how to facilitate those modalities. So if you just go sit down with a therapist and they're like, Hey, let's work through your stuff. Um, you're still up here in your head. You're still, 
where where those modalities help you get to a place of seeing things differently and letting them go. And when you get to that place, then those triggers are desensitized. And so they're desensitized in your current life with your husband. And that's the goal, right? Um, mm -hmm. So trauma work needs to be specialized by somebody who really understands what they're doing with, with the trauma. So the other, the other suggestion, Anna, that I might give you, which may not be one you want to do because it has a work, which means drilling, but um, that that I referenced earlier has been a really solid tool for a lot of the people that I've worked with who have childhood sexual abuse in their lives called Healing the Wounded Heart by Alan Durr. And okay. there's, there's an accompanying workbook that, that I think starts to guide you into some of those places in a way that you can start to kind of open up, open up the closets that have been closed for a long time and lean your, basically act opposite to emotion and lean yourself into those places a little better, but also feel like there's a, a process to it instead of just going like, you know, if, if me and Brandon would be like, yeah, let's just go open up all your stuff right now. And you got to confront it. Number one, you're going to say, hell no. And number two, you're going to be like, <laughs> you know, you're going to be like, what's the point of it all. But if I, but if I know that there's some method to the madness and I know that there's actually some like some proof that this kind of process works, you can go in with confidence and, and really be willing to lean into some of that difficult work that's there as well. Anna, you're kind of a dichotomy um, in that it, there's a part of you that is like so open to like learning, healing, stepping in. I mean, here you are on a podcast, like <laughs> opening up about your personal stuff and just being very open and facing things, right? But then there's that other part of you that is like, okay, but I, but like when I, but journaling, uh, yikes, like, ah, like timelines and stepping, ah, don't want to do that, right? So part of you is so courageous and so wanting to do this. And there's a, and there's that other avoidant part of you. And, and I think that until you face that avoidant part, um, you're, you're, you're going to be a little bit in the, in the loops that you're talking about. You're going to stay okay. stuck there and that it's going to have to be, however you step in, whatever modality of therapy or, or book you read or whatever you do, um, until you're willing to, to really go there. Um, I, I wish I could give you an easier fix. I wish I could give you like a magic answer to not have to do, to do that, but I don't think there's a way around it. You guys have all heard the, <clears throat> heard the quote, you know, there's nothing to fear, but fear itself. And we all go, yeah, that's a great quote, like whatever. And then everyone else in the back of their mind goes, yeah, oh crap. Like I'm not going to, but, but truth is that for most of us, even the darkest places that we have, even some of the most painful places we have, there's, there's an acute kind of pain in confronting it, but the worst suffering that happens in our lives is the fear of the confronting it more so than even the confronting of it. Yeah. And, uh, and so when we can lean ourselves through that fear, we instantly take off a massive piece of suffering out of our lives because we no longer have to be scared of confronting it, you know? So we live in fear all the time over something that we could just confront that we're eventually going to have to confront. And we're miserable as a result when in reality, we could just go do that acute work and probably have some pain, but also have some healing that comes with it and walk out on the other side as a, as a transformed, improved, more courageous Strong. person. Yep. Yeah. 
Anna, thank you so much for coming on and uh, letting us kind of pick this apart and learn from you. And I, I hope it was helpful to discuss it and talk about it. And I just really appreciate you. It has been helpful. Thank you. Thanks yeah. a lot. Anna, so grateful for your courage. And, you know, as we said earlier, Brandon and I deal with this all day, every day. And I know that there's probably hundreds, if not thousands of listeners right now going, oh, thank you. I'm so glad she had the willingness to come on and share what's on my heart too. So for those of you listening, if you've, if you've gotten some value out of this, or if you know somebody else who's struggling with similar things, make sure you share this and, and pass this along so that they can continue to help get the help they deserve as well. Awesome. Thanks guys. We'll see you.